Hey there, welcome back. You know, there's something that I did not know for a couple of decades that I only learned last year. And I hadn't really thought about talking about it, but it's something that I wish that I would have known before now. And so if you're trying to make compost, you're really gonna wanna pay attention to this because this is something that is just interesting. You can use it for what it's worth on down the line, but at least you'll know about it. I didn't know about it for a long time. And so we're gonna talk about that today. By the way, if you're new here, welcome to the Edible Gardens podcast. I'm your host, Nanette Blair, and I'm so glad that you found us. We help people create edible and beautiful landscapes that are way better than organic because I'm on a mission and my mission is to make good food accessible to everyone and in my opinion the best definition of good food is nutritious delicious and safe and it doesn't get any better than picking fresh fruits herbs veggies straight off the plant where you know what went into it from start to finish and you won't find any tomato cages here as a matter of fact there's a lot you won't find here like herbicides pesticides fungicides or any of the other sides but what you will find here are landscapes that are designed for beauty, fun, reflection, entertaining, and the list goes on to whatever you want. After all, it's your home, your yard, and your taste. And beauty truly is in the eye of the beholder. Okay, you know that garden you've been thinking about? Well, I know you're ready. I know I'm ready. So let's dig in. So many people for the last two decades, I've been hearing so many people say when it comes to compost that you want to use greens and browns. So browns meaning leaves or woody material like bark or wood chips, something to that effect, something that there's no life left in them. Green material, which a lot of people will say is a nitrogen material, it has a lot of energy still left in it. It has proteins, carbohydrates, sugars, all of those things that are on the kind of the scientific-y molecular level but it does get more important the more we talk about composting. And this is one of those things, like I said, it's just such an eye-opener for me. I did not know for the longest time. Okay, so just picture this. It's the middle of summer, and you have all the leaves on the trees, or it could be spring. It could be pre-fall. And um, if you have a strong wind or a branch blows down and all of those leaves have all that energy still in it, it has all the chlorophyll, it has everything in it that has is giving life, it's, it's giving energy for growth, it's giving energy to the plant. The plant's putting out these leaves, it's doing its whole photosynthesis thing, and what happens, okay, so just picture that those leaves fell to the ground because you had a really strong wind or you had a big storm and you had hail. But for whatever reason, the leaves have fallen on the ground and they're green. So if you put it into your compost pile, that would be green material or what they would call nitrogen material into your compost pile. So when you're doing compost, again, they'll say browns and greens, or they'll say carbon and nitrogen. Brown equals carbon, green equals nitrogen. Okay, so when those leaves fall off the trees and they're green, because they still have all that energy in them, 
then they fall to the ground and now over time they turn brown. Well, those brown leaves are not really brown material as far as what they talk about with composting. They're still green material. They still have all of the, the, the carbohydrates, the sugars, the proteins, everything in it that that tree needed to put on growth and live. Okay, so cut to the fall. Um, let's go a little forward in time and you're going to fall. So what happens when those trees, the deciduous trees, not evergreens, that's a different story, but deciduous trees are trees that lose their leaves in the wintertime and then they put on new leaves in the spring and then they have leaves all summer until the leaves fall again in the fall. Those are deciduous trees. What happens is when the, the leaves are changing colors on the trees, Sometimes they'll change colors uh, to red. Sometimes they're an orange color. Sometimes they're a yellow color, depending on the variety or the species of that tree. What's happening is that tree is pulling that energy back up into the twig, down through the branch, down through the trunk of the tree, and it's saving that energy in the root system. Uh, the branches and the twigs, and the trunk of the tree still have life in, in them, but they're kind of going dormant, right? They're saving or they're storing all of that energy mostly into the root system. And that's one of the reasons why they say it's better to plant, you know, some, some of your fruit trees and stuff in the fall. Because they're still the roots are still going to develop. They're still going to be active. Probably depending on where you live. Where I live it's recommended that you plant fruit trees in the fall, although you can go ahead and do it in the springtime. But if you're making compost, this is just, again, this is one of those things I did not know for the longest time, and I bet there's a lot of other people that did not know this, but when a leaf is green, a leaf, excuse me, is green, and it falls to the ground, and then it turns brown, it still has all those little molecules and atoms in it that have a lot of proteins, carbohydrates, sugars in that leaf. It just turns brown, but it's considered green material for your compost pile. Now, why do I bring all this up? Why is that important right now? Well, if you're listening anywhere close to where I live, and I know that I do have a lot of listeners here um, in my home area. I know I have a lot of listeners in other countries and things like that, but... I wanted you to know that if you're experiencing what I'm experiencing right now, we had a, a freeze a couple of weeks ago and the leaves had not fallen yet. So we kind of went straight from summer into winter and then we kind of had a little bit of a fall time. In other words, the leaves have just now started turning uh, their colors. So I'm starting to see some red on the trees. I'm starting to see some yellow. I'm starting to see some oranges. And so that tr those trees are just now pulling a lot of their energy, protein, carbohydrate, sugars, down into their their trunks, their their branches, their twigs, and their, it's fl all that energy is being sucked up into the root system or sucked down into the root system. We really, <laughs> we're about to have, I think it's 22 degrees Fahrenheit tonight. 
and then it's probably going to warm up above freezing and then it's going to be freezing again tomorrow night and then I don't know what it's going to do the next couple of days. But all of these leaves, it, there's a really strong wind going on right now. Because the leaves didn't have time to change into fall, and I already have a lot of leaves on the ground, and I know they were green when they fell. I saw it. I watched it happen. Now when I rake up all those leaves, and if I don't do it right now, which I'm not because it's really windy outside and it's really cold outside. We had just had a cold front front move in and it's just really windy. I want to say I'm looking at the little screen and that I have in my office. We're having wind gusts around 25, 30 miles an hour. And so it's enough to blow the green leaves off of the trees. Now, they're going to be mixed in, I know, one day soon with a lot of the brown leaves. So again, we're talking, for compost, we're talking greens and browns. So I'm going to be sweeping a lot of this stuff up together and putting them in the compost pile. They're, if you haven't ever seen my video, I did a video on YouTube a couple of years ago and I talk about how much I put, or I actually show how much I put in in green material and how much I put in in brown material. And it's gonna throw my ratios off by quite a bit because I'll show, well, I put this much in of kitchen scraps, which is definitely green material. And I put this much in of leaves that have fallen from the trees naturally. So they would be carbon material. So if this is confusing, just go watch that YouTube video. I'll put a link in the show notes or in the description and you'll see what I'm talking about. You'll actually see how many leaves I put compared to how many or how much I put in kitchen scraps into the compost pile. Okay, so why is this important? If you really get into the soil food web and if you really follow Dr. Elaine Ingham, the microbiologist, the soil scientist, who's just a rock star in the compost world, in the compost tea world, in the compost extract world, then you'll know that you're trying to select for either fungi or you're trying to select for brassicas, which that's all of your, you know, your broccoli, that sort of thing. Or if you're trying to select for fruit trees when making your compost, this is a big deal. So if you're trying to, when she, and I'm not going to get into that on this episode because that's a whole other um, show. It really is. I mean, it's probably a whole other 100 shows if you really want to get into it. But I just, I just heard her say that one time in passing. And that's how I learned about this is that I heard her say that in passing. It's not anything that anyone's really dedicated a whole show to. And that is that if a leaf falls off of the tree and it's green, it will always be green even when it turns brown. I hope that made sense. I don't know really how else to say it, but I just don't think that enough attention is paid to this. When you start getting into making compost, which I think everyone should do because you cannot buy good quality compost. You just can't. I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. The reason that you cannot buy good quality compost, and I believe you have to make it yourself, is because once you buy it, 
unless you're buying it from someone who really knows what they're doing and it's not a big commercial operation. Let's just say you go to Home Depot or you go to a garden center and you buy a bunch of compost in like a 50 pound bag. Well, the conditions that it's been put into is an anaerobic condition. So the bag has been, been sealed up, it's been sealed up with water in it, and then it's been stacked bag on top of bag on top of bag on top of bag out in the warehouse somewhere or out on the floor. And that is prime conditions for compaction. Compaction is a prime habitat for anaerobic microorganisms, which cause pests and disease. But it needs to be under conditions that are not real heavy, as you would find in one of these big commercial lots where you can go buy sand, gravel, topsoil, compost, however they sell it, it needs to be a condition where it's turned when it should be turned. And it's just, it's, it's a whole other show. It really, really is. But you cannot buy good quality compost. You just can't. So I would encourage you to make your own compost. It really isn't that complicated. It's just not possible to do on a large scale. It's kind of like, I always think about it as you can't make really good quality food except for at home. And the reason that I say that is you don't have to put in the preservatives. You don't have to put in the additives. You don't have to package it so that it'll sit on a shelf for a long period of time so that it can go from you know, where they make it to a distribution center and then be shipped and then sit in another distribution center and then go sit on a shelf in a grocery store somewhere for however long it sits there. It's the same way with making compost. So this is just really just kind of like an FYI. Did you know that if a leaf falls off of a tree and it's green and it falls to the ground and it turns brown, it's still green because it has all of that energy still in it. Yeah, I Maybe I'm making a big deal out of nothing, but I really don't think so because when you go to make your compost, when you get a little further down, if you're just now thinking about making compost or if you've been making compost for a while and you didn't know this, I wouldn't be surprised because I didn't. I've been making compost for a long time and my compost is really good. I look at it under the microscope. I can tell by looking at someone else's compost you know, if it smells a certain way, if it feels a certain way, even if it sounds a certain way, I can tell without even looking under the microscope what kind of organisms are going to be in there. But I didn't know that if a leaf falls off a tree, I'm going to say it. I don't know how many times I can say this, but I'm going to try. I'm going to say it again. If a leaf falls off of a tree and it's green, it'll stay green as far as the energy that's in it, even if it turns brown, it's considered to be green. Okay. I just thought that there might be some other nerdy person out there like me that would want to know that. And you know, in, in all honesty, I think what I'm going to do uh, is I'm trying to think how I'm going to handle this pile of leaf of leaves that are green and brown all mixed together, even though they're all brown. <laughs> I saw them when they fell, they were green. I'm probably just going to make a compost pile out of that 
that pile of leaves with no kitchen scraps in it. Because I can already see, I mean, I, I guess I'll wait until it's kind of a 50-50 mix. I'll scrape them all together and I'll put them in a pile and that'll be kind of a 50-50 mix. And maybe someday later down the road, we'll get into how much you should add if you're wanting, you know, something that's really going to build a fungal, you know, mycorrhizal fungi for you that's beneficial for your garden. Or if you are trying to grow blueberries, if you're trying to grow this, or if you're trying to grow that. And honestly, I do not have that down to a science. I would highly recommend that you go listen to Elaine Ingham. But if you're not where, um, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're not to the point where you will understand it, I would just say, just, just keep listening, you know, just listen to what she's saying, kind of let everything kind of flow between your ears and, and just stick with it because it's a very high level of science. And I'm not saying that you wouldn't be able to understand it. I didn't understand what she was saying. It sounded like she was speaking French or she was speaking Latin or she was speaking another language. When I first started listening to her, when I first started studying the Soil Food Web and I just latched on to every single thing that she said, I would, I have actually, I have a playlist on my YouTube channel. So she does not have her own YouTube channel. She does not have her own podcast. She has a school, and I think I've talked about this on here before, and it's quite expensive, and I would love to take this class, and I never have, but I have consumed everything that I can get my hands on. And so, but I actually have a playlist on YouTube where you can go, because I'll go back and I'll listen to it again. I'll go back and I'll listen to it again while I'm washing dishes, while I'm digging in the dirt, while I'm just kind of cleaning house and doing laundry. When I have the capacity in my brain to understand what she's saying, I'll go back and I'll listen to these things that she's saying over and over and over and over and over again. I'm not sure that I would even trust someone that was a student of hers that became certified to understand what she understands. I'm not even going to try to repeat what she says until I really have it down. So anyway, I would highly recommend that you go listen to everything that you can get your hands on from her, especially if you're wanting to go way beyond organic, because this is how I do it. Oh, <sighs> Yes, again, so I'm not sure that I would really completely trust anybody else unless it was her clone. I mean, that's how much I believe in this woman, not this woman, this doctor, this soil scientist, everything that she says makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I sound like I'm in a cult, don't I? <laughs> but anyway, you can go, I've created a playlist of all of the things that I believe, I think, that I've ever consumed. And I believe it's called, let me just look that up real quick. So I can, and maybe I can put a link to the playlist that I have on YouTube. So all of these other people have interviewed her. All of these other people have asked her questions. All of these other people have, um, have had her as a speaker at their conference. And and they've recorded it and they've put it up on YouTube. So it's a lot of different resources 
but it's all her speaking or it's all her speaking to someone. So yeah, let me see if I can find that. Okay, yes, I did find it. So you can go to Nanette Blair on YouTube and then click on my channel and then it's gonna show you home, videos, playlists, channels. But click on playlist and it is under Dr. Elaine Ingham, The Soil Food Web. And I have 18 different videos on there. As a matter of fact, if you want to, I'll usually, I will, if I see something that's really important to me, I'll go ahead and create a playlist on that. And I have one that's called Micro. So you can go also look at the microbiology uh, videos and I have some really cool ones where the nematodes are actually eating the larva of a fire ant or whatever. So yeah, you, so you go to Nanette Blair, you go to my channel, Nanette Blair, and then go to playlist and look for Dr. Elaine Ingham. If you're as nerdy as me, because there are hours and hours and hours and hours, I mean, probably hundreds of hours and a lot of what she says is very repetitive and sometimes she'll say something a little bit different but I think I've watched every single one of them numerous times <laughs> so anyway all right I think that's going to do it for today's show and don't forget you can always go grab the starter guide if you're wanting to start from scratch and you want to create your own edible landscape you can go to edifulgardens.com forward slash start and as always I will put the link in the show notes for that as well but I'm going to try to put the link for this uh, playlist for Dr. Elaine Ingham and yeah just go listen to everything she says okay that'll do it for today's show until next week bye for now <laughs>